Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! All right, Matt, we are here. We are on the last track of Dare to be Stupid, and we have and a, a very... It's a polka, which is only happened... Pretty rare. Two Pretty rare. more times? One or two more times? Yeah, I think so. We are joined by a very special guest. He has worked in comics. He's worked in musics. Uh, he has been on the Geekscape podcast. Uh, I am a big fan of one of his first albums, Spread Your Evil Wings and Fly. We have... James Kochaka, who is here. I hope I got that close. James, how bad was that last name pronunciation? <laughs> uh, no, that, that's fine. So, you know, I have a hard time deciding how to pronounce it myself. I think if, I say, <laughs> if I'm formally saying how to pronounce it, I'd say Kochalka. But I don't yeah. really say the ko. I say more like ka. So I say like Kachalka. Kachalka. There we go. I think it's just my accent. so before we dive in i mean you've got a pretty good background of just doing comic books music you're you're really uh speaking to matt and i's language as people who can't just focus on one type of art form but just (laughs) love to create in general so if you can just kind of give a quick like minute breakdown minute or two breakdown of the hot points of your career and then tell us about Al Yankovic in your life, and, and oh, when sure. you discovered Al, we can we can get started there. If you look at my music career, I think two or three songs probably jump right out. Monkey vs. Robot and yep. uh, Hockey Monkey are probably my two <laughs> biggest songs. It's funny, they're both about monkeys. <laughs> and then uh, Once Upon a Time, Rolling Stone named my song Britney Silver Can as one of the top 100 songs. I think that was like in 2007. That's amazing. Which to me seems like it was like yesterday, but really, I guess it's ancient history. To me, you know, 2007 sounds like, feels like it was yesterday, but I I guess to young people, it's like ancient history. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I always forget how how many years removed we actually are from 2007. That to me, (laughs) yeah, that feels like that was just no time at all. 
I, I think I saw someone post a thing the other day online that was like, as far as I'm concerned, the 90s were always about 10 years ago. Like, like <laughs> yeah, if you ask me exactly. yeah, how totally. long ago the 70s were, I'm like, oh, it was 30 years ago. Totally. Like, it is never... <laughs> Like that is just how my brain is wired. Uh, oh, I yeah, no, agree. I like be walking down the street and I'll see like some, uh, you know, some young person. I'll be like, oh, man, I think I went to college with them. And Amy will be like, that person's in college now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I there. I, I told my friend the other day that I'm like, I'm turning 37, but I feel like mentally I'm turning like 24 like my brain, yeah. like something i but again i think that that does tie to like people who pursue the arts non-stop is like something in our our brain chemistry doesn't exactly go with our body <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like as we get like older and i part of it is like i'm living in the same house i was living in just after college doing the same thing that i was doing after college which is like trying to make it that's true so like i i don't well, have this like ticking clock of like oh i've been at this job for x amount of years and i've like been moved up to this manager position it's just like no nah, i'm just trying to make it <laughs> yeah no i mean i used to work as a uh my first job was cleaning rooms at a howard johnson's and then I got a job selling newspaper subscriptions over the phone. And then I got a job waiting tables at a Chinese restaurant. And then I became a full-time superstar making music and comics. And then and then that was like the last 25 years, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> at a certain age, like when you're young, you have this sense of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but... I'll get to a certain age where I'll figure it all out because that's what people do. And then you just get older and older. You're like, oh, no, that's never going to happen. Yeah, like you yeah. never, there's not a magic age where suddenly like, I know how the world works. I know what I'm doing. It's fine. Like that just will never actually occur. I was friends with the guys in Fish in college and our, my band uh, used to play with theirs around wow. town and stuff. And then when, um, when we were graduating, one of my bandmates said to them, so what, you know, like, what do you guys doing after college and they're like we're gonna do the band and he's like no come on real <laughs> yeah all right so james i have to ask we've gone over a little bit of your career but we're here to talk about weird al what was your first introduction to weird al yankovic well it was it was definitely from dr demento but my path to dr demento is from a camp counselor when i was like in like sixth grade or something. My camp counselor was uh, Tom T-Bone Stankus, who did the song Existential Blues, uh, okay. which was played a lot on Dr. Demento. I didn't know that yet. It was like, so then that was like when I was like, however old you are in sixth grade, you know, pretty young, like, I don't know, 12? I don't know, something like that. And that then, sounds about uh, right. Something like that, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, then fast forward to being in high school and... Uh, one of my friends was like, hey, I taped this show off the radio. It was Dr. Demento. It had uh, Weird Al on it, and it had my camp counselor on it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, I remember that song. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. That's that's dope. That's oh, fantastic. I love that. So I gave you uh, a chance to pick some songs to talk about, uh, and you, you wrote it back that you know you were a huge Weird Al fan. And you said a few of the songs off Dare to Be Stupid, we had already recorded most of them, but a few of the ones that you wanted to talk about was the title track, Dare to Be Stupid, Yoda, or George of the Jungle. I love that you wanted to do George uh, of the George, Jungle. Yeah. A, a, a thing that I infamously told Matt we can't do a single episode about 
and Matt said, let's give it a shot. And we got like 35 <laughs> minutes about George I did the Jungle, so much research because Matt was like, we can't talk about George the Jungle for more than like two minutes. I was like, oh, get ready. Here we go. And do a deep dive in American cartoon history. Yeah. But you right there in the middle of your list, you threw in Hooked on Polkas, which is the track that we're about to talk about today. What about this particular song did you connect to? Is this your favorite of the polkas? We can start there. Well, I wasn't. Uh, growing up a huge fan of pop music, right? I really didn't yeah. listen to it. Yeah. I really like the the first Weird Al album where he was just playing accordion, you know, like in the bathroom. Yeah. Just yeah. Playing accordion and singing. And I was like, this sounds like something I've never heard before. But then when, he, you know, his first, you know, like major album where he did perfect reproductions of pop songs, I was like, I don't know, it's just too perfect. For me, it was it was too big of a leap from the just playing accordion to absolute perfect renditions of pop songs. I mean, I still love that album, but I didn't know any of the songs that he was parodying on Weird Al in 3D. Like it was all it was all completely foreign to me. So it was just really slick recordings with goofy lyrics. <laughs> but anyhow. <laughs> You know, he gets uh, the polka when he does the polka things. Um, it's it's like uh, you know more connected to that first album and more connected to his roots. So you know he's a great accordion player. Yeah, I feel like he's a lot goofier when he his music feels a lot goofier when he does those polkas as opposed to the slick pop recording, which doesn't sound like the kind of goofiness that like the music he his own music is. And I like that goofiness. Yeah. So I guess that's yeah. why I like that's why I like the polkas. I like how goofy. They we were are. saying before you really do miss like that first record has that like crazy like punk rock accordion energy to it. We we kept saying that the whole time like how punk it is while still having all that accordion throughout. And once he moves on to like the better like more professionally produced recordings, the closest you get to that vibe on most of his records remains these polkas. Where it's this yeah. like manic, frantic energy with accordion front and center the whole time, and it's just this like, like, crazy display of like showmanship, and just like it's like, I love the embracing, which is just something he does a lot, but the like, sort of enjoying the original material and embracing it while also like, kind of mocking it and playfully fucking it up as he goes, you know, like that's, it's such a great little sweet spot he sits in on on. Uh, the polkas really again from from uh, the jump forward yeah so in the fall of 1985 i invented a new genre of music which is now <laughs> known as casio punk oh shit wow <laughs> so i had this uh band called jazzin j-a-z-z-i-n mm -hmm. apostrophe hell jazzin hell you were just talking about that his the crazy punk energy of his accordion just reminded me of the the, the crazy punk energy that we got out of the Casio. Yeah, there's something so fun about getting that vibe out of an instrument that really has no business doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's what drew people to stuff like Wesley Willis, too. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Like, oh, my the God. The punk yeah. music scene embraced Wesley Willis or like even a Daniel Johnston mm -hmm. more than almost any other genre because it was just, I mean, punk is such a hard to describe genre anyway, but, but to its core, it's doing anything you can with the little bit that you have in front of you, right? Like, it's like, all right, I only know these three chords. I can write a whole album based on that. Like, I, when I first learned guitar, I remember I recorded a 10-song album in my friend's basement, 
all based around G, E minor, C, and D because they were the only chords I could play. So I just played them at different speeds and was like, there, there's the album. Turns out that's all you needed. (laughs) You're all set. You're good to go. Yeah, man. Absolutely. (laughs) That's really how I based my whole uh, comic book career was on just, you know, uh, I'd I'd put out comics and people would be like, well, this guy can't draw. And I'd be like, well... Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, but there's truth to that, though. A good story is a good story, period. Yeah. I'm getting the story told. Oh, like, yeah, exactly. You know, I could draw well enough that, that you could tell what was happening. Like, I kept everything, you know, clear. It's that, it's that whole, it's a whole idea of just taking, taking what, what you, what you got and, and doing all you can with it. Totally. Yeah. It's it's why the movie like Clerks will always be charming no matter yep. who watches it because it's like you watch it and it's like that is a group of friends just making a movie with what they had available to them. And like as much as I like a lot of the later Kevin Smith movies, it does miss that scrappiness that you get in that very first movie so of just like fuck it, this guy's going to play five different customers because he's the only person who's available to play these customers. It's, it's impossible like, to fake, right? It's like the hardest yeah, thing. Like, like you, you, can, you can get better, but you can't fake that like authenticity and instinct and being like having nothing and making the best you possibly can out of it. That's a very difficult yeah. thing to simulate when you actually do have money. <laughs> let's start breaking down Hooked on yeah. Polkas. Yeah, let's look at Hooked on Polkas. So right now, just saying the song's going to kick off. Uh, this is one of the examples that we talked about last time we talked to Polka, where this is an original traditional Polka song called uh, The 12th Street Rag kicks this off to get us into the Polka mood before all of the modern songs start to bleed in. So we've got uh, just an old school Polka going on here at the start. So I did not know that was a traditional Polka. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you were like a real Polka head, you'd probably recognize it right away. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at a Frank Yankovic's greatest hit CD that I literally just bought at a Goodwill the other day. <laughs> yes. Wow. It, you know, it's so it's so amazing that the two most famous accordion players are both named Yankovic. Yeah, I mean, that's not just, related. It is so not related. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's poetic. I want to point out, and this will come up later. I don't know what the official name of this is, but there are certain songs that I would refer to as like. Oktoberfest polka like it's like a song that makes you think of like an Oktoberfest celebration yeah and they to me they usually have a bigger like oompa oompa drive on the tuba Mm -hmm. this song definitely has that and I think it's because there is a song in the middle of this that goes full-blown like super German Oktoberfest polka oh yes (laughs) so I I wonder if that was intentionally Um, but it bleeds into the state of shock, the Jackson's Mick Jagger, which Matt, you and I talked about a couple weeks ago on the Al TV special where they did the fake state of shock music video. It makes me so happy. You're taken to me good, just like you know you should. That you put me in a state, ooh, state shock. <laughs> um, it's just so musically goofy. It's so perfect. I just love it, love it, love it. There's so, that's yeah. That's the that's the part of the song where now I'm all in. Like oh, yeah. 
that you, you okay your traditional polka intro okay okay i can sit through that and then you just give me a little goofy ooh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the weird one for me because so on the al tv episode they do this video and it is impressively hilarious. It is a four and a half minute <laughs> static shot of a man sitting at his desk singing State of Shock while doing all the instruments with his mouth. It's insane that they've put it on television. Yeah. This but is I a really- song I don't think I've ever heard the original. I literally was just about to say, I wrote down, I don't know if I've ever heard the actual song <laughs> State of Shock. <laughs> I love the fact that Al... like. Something about this original track, for what it's worth, I'm not sure that I have either. <laughs> and, and, but I, and I almost don't want to now because I love the fact that like Al heard this song and something about it was so funny to him that he went back to it multiple times. I mean, a single song, him touching twice in any, like that's pretty unusual. I love the fact that he goofed it on Al TV and then came back to add it to a polka. I mean, it's the Jacksons and Mick Jagger. So this is one of those things that's like on paper should have been a huge song, but obviously was not. Uh, So, and I just, I just read this, which is even more insane. So the state of shock is a 1984 single by the Jacksons featuring frontman Michael Jackson and Mick Jagger. It was written by Jackson and guitarist Randy Henson, whatever. The track was originally supposed to be sung with Freddie Mercury as a duet for the Thriller album. However, due to differing time schedules, Jackson just ended up doing it with his brothers and Mick Jagger instead. So, like, this was supposed wow. to be on what is considered one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh Freddie Mercury God. wasn't available, and he's just like, ah, we'll just do it as a Jackson song. That What's Mick up to? <laughs> like, that's a great, that's a really fun fact. Imagine the alternate timeline where this song was on Thriller. With Freddie Mercury. If it was, if it was, almost certainly we wouldn't have had it here. It probably would have been way too big to do in this offhand kind of throwaway way that Al does it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Let's go on to the next section. Top coat, top hat. I don't worry because my wallet's fat. Black shades and white gloves. Looking shy, looking for love. This is perfect. The banjo coming in just shredding and in the back. We very recently we were talking on This Is the Life about how Al brought in uh, an old school session banjo player to play on that song because it was super intricate and complicated. This no no shade. This is Jim West playing the banjo like it's a drum basically. Like it's it is like a piece of percussion. Like you can hear the note of it but it's all about that like thwacky sound the whole time. It sounds so good with the accordion like stabs around it. I love hearing the banjo like that. It's so 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 cool. I feel like personally in every polka there's at least one song where I'm like I wouldn't hate hearing the entire song in that style. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is that song for me in this one. I could listen to all like if he did a two and a half minute just straight cover of Sharp Just Man in this style, I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. This is this this feels like it works really well. There's another one coming up that I also think is exceptionally good. I just want to mention that um, one of my favorite things about ZZ Top is a song about ZZ Top that I heard on Dr. Demento, Ooh. which I don't really, I might sing it wrong. This is how I remember it going. I haven't heard it in, in decades, but it goes, I'm gonna grow a ZZ Top beard. I'm gonna grow a ZZ Top beard. I'm gonna grow a ZZ Top beard tonight. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, if we're talking about ZZ Top, because I don't think we ever get to talk about ZZ Top again on this show, I do have to shout out that I love that their drummer who doesn't have a beard's last name is in fact Beard. And my first introduction to ZZ Top was not Back to the Future 3, like some people would assume it was, but a Sesame Street parody of ZZ Top that was a blues rock band of puppets that looked exactly like the band doing their song, The ZZ Blues, about falling asleep. Wow. Okay. So just, I'm just going to shout it out. We won't be able to listen to it right now. Uh, I looked it up. The group is called Barnes and Barnes. And the song is oh! called the song is called ZZ Top Beard, and it is on YouTube. <laughs> Actually, it looks nice. like it's everywhere. I think it might be on on Spotify and everything. Uh, Barnes and Barnes, <laughs> like Barnes and Noble, but Barnes and Barnes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barnes and uh, Barnes. Uh, I am yeah. so excited to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a great band. That's you- great. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. I love the the silly things that he does with his voice. Like, what's love got to got do? Got to do, got to do with <laughs> it. With it. I know, Dude, such a little because this is a pretty straight version of this song. But that, <laughs> yeah, that the only bit of comedy we get in that is got to do. Like, like, <laughs> well, like that's an excellent I, delivery of that line. Yeah, it's it's I, great because it's 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 very goofy, but it's also uh, percussive. Yeah, and it's cool. Yeah. To, that he's, you know, he's singing the lyrics, but he's also using his voice as a percussive instrument. Yeah. There, there's real artistry. It's not just being a goofball. Totally. You know? Yeah. I want to call attention to um, a piece that's easy to skip because there's not singing there, but, uh, you know, he does the sar- sharp, just, man, hey, and then it's just like... 20 maybe 15 20 seconds of just chaos like the accordion's going crazy there's like duck like rubber duck quacks in the background like there's just all these noise just like a a wall of sounds for a couple seconds before the tina turner portion comes in uh absolutely i love those little moments in the polka too where they just have fun so many of those little moments are him like finding a way to change key you know, to yeah. move into the right <laughs> register for the next song. It's like these little like runs and, and fills and stuff to to modulate the song to where he needs to go. I, I don't know all the legality that goes into licensing these because it seems like it would be an absolute nightmare trying to get the permissions. And again, as we go along, you're going to fu- there are examples of how he had something in a polka that they had to cut because at the last minute they could not work out a deal for the rights for that now, little I know bit he- of a song. He works out deals for the other songs, although he doesn't technically have to. He yeah, doesn't have like, to because parody is is protected by the fair use clause of copyright law. Yeah, but uh, I, I know he always asks for permission. He's always but, chosen yeah. to because he didn't want. But does he also pay? Yeah, yeah. So usually okay. when he does the parody, a part of the asking for permission thing as well is I think, I think he could get away with parodying almost anything if he was willing to give 100% of the songwriting credit to the original artist. And then it's just like a cover. But if he gets permission, then they negotiate a deal where I'm guessing he gets, I mean, maybe half. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like your original melody and, uh, and you know, uh, chords, but his lyric on top of it. Um, Um, but for this, it's even more complicated because this isn't even just a straight, like he has to figure out how to split this evenly, maybe evenly between 
the Jacksons like 10, and ZZ artists. Top and yeah. Tina Turner. I mean, it's like a nightmare trying to negotiate. Like if, if ZZ Top is like, well, we think we deserve more than Tina Turner. Then oh, it's no, like, no, oh yeah. no, it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I do want to suggest on this next part that we're about to look into, let's just do both the methods of modern love and owner of a lonely heart. Cause I'm pretty sure the methods of modern love quick. is exactly five seconds. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The ability to literally, in the middle of this polka, make fun of that weird breakdown in the actual owner of a lonely heart. Yes, song very makes impressive. Makes me so happy. And <laughs> like, the little flourishes that he does between each. Oh yeah, the yeah. Well, no, I mean the the musical flourishes. Oh yeah, between, yeah, yeah. between each section of the lyrics, right? That's a little original composition. Every that he time, probably doesn't exactly that he doesn't get credit for exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, and I do love the very quickness of the. I've, I don't know if I've ever actually heard the original version of Methods of Modern Love, but I have on many occasions just been walking around my house being like, M O D E R E N E. So, this is another great example of, because I can't remember right now, is this the only time Al ever does anything by Hall and Oates? It might I think it be. is. In which case, this is another example of like, in the history of Hall and Oates, to only do this song, like, whoa. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a weird... A band co- with a thousand huge hits, and this is a song that I think very few people would remember. No, I, feel I, like, didn't, I don't remember Yeah, it. I feel like the most memorable thing about the song Methods of Modern Love is that Method Man used it for the song Method Man. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you've had a great sample of someone spelling his name. He was like, yeah, we're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> they zoom past that hollow note yeah. song right into the owner of a lonely heart. Um, yes, I mean, probably one of the only times that he's been able to work a prog band into his polka, but, uh, it's, it's a, it's a quick one, but it is fun. And then yes, it, the owner of a lonely heart in the original song has that same weird drum breakdown that he does. And I mean, we're about to dive into the next one, but it so beautifully leads right like it just like seamlessly bleeds them it's into a great the next moment and again song. yeah he did because he does not get to do too much prog rock parody in his career so he did take the opportunity to do this crazy like weird odd time signature like <laughs> section of music was that rush it's yes no that was yes oh yes yes, yes. yes. see i get i always get those two mixed yeah. up because they're both like one syllable things that have a <laughs> <Yeah>. sound <laughs> in them. Totally. and probably the only two prog group prog rock groups to actually have multiple charting hits have like on like mainstream songs radio. Yeah. yeah it's well, true i had a band in high school called divot head and we were kind of a punk band because i was really into punk i was into like uh dead kennedys and butthole surfers mm-hmm. yeah um but my friends were into rush and yes so it was like if you mix dead kennedys butthole surfers rush and yes together and you know, played by fairly amateur musicians. Um, that's what our that's what my high school band was like. Yeah, uh, that sounds like way better than what <laughs> my high school band was like, which was like, can we just cover Green Day? Yeah. <laughs> Those songs are easy, right? Let's just do that. Uh, all right, so let's move into uh, Al doing, uh, and you no, know, we can do both of these two because I don't think he does too much with "We're Not Gonna Take It." We're not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. 
Okay, these both the the originals of these songs are are big deals for me because they were um, big hit songs when I was in high school. Yeah, and the the first one, first off, it's just amazing that he does this like cool lounge, laid back lounge version of you know like we're a metal not gonna a metal take anthem. It. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Kills <laughs> it. Um, but so that song is really special to me because one time I was like getting bullied by this guy that was like four times my size and he was not letting me get on my bus he wanted to fight me and so i just punched him right in the face (laughs) and i got on the bus and then so then the next and i was like wow how did that happen um and then the next day at school he was waiting for me when i got off the bus and punched me in the face like and his punch was a good deal more powerful than the punch that I gave him. Oh, Jesus. So that, then he was like, then he was going to not just punch me, he was going to, you know, really beat me. Yeah. But I refused to fight, and instead I verbally dressed him down until, um, like, the principal came out and broke it up or whatever. And then the entire rest of the day, everywhere I walked in the high school, so I was a senior then, the, all the freshman boys were singing that song to me everywhere I went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, I love that. that. <laughs> so wait, you managed I, to I, actually I, talk him out of beating you up? Or like you just like shit talked him until he, it yeah. ended? That's awesome. Yeah. That's it was fantastic. amazing. Yeah, it really uh, worked. Wow, respect for that. You beat him with your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Before we bleed into the Twisted Sister into 99 Luft Balloons, I do want to also shout out the awesome background vocals of just the <laughs> in the middle of that, it's like, yeah, it's so good. Then he gets into. I hinted at this earlier, but what I would consider a very Oktoberfest type oh, focus yeah. song with his take on '99 Luft Balloons. That's basically just tuba and him for a, a big chunk of it. So '99 Luft Balloons is pretty amazing thing in American pop music in yeah. that it's a song that that was a hit. And wasn't in English. Super those rare. Are, those Super are, rare. Yeah, very rare. And I love the fact they wound up doing an English version anyway, but it didn't change the fact that this still worked in German. Like it still was a big hit song, even in its original language, which is just yeah, incredible. Well, they tried to cover their bases by when they put out the single. Yeah. It was English on on the A side and and German, the original German on the B side. Yeah. And everyone just ignored the English side. Yeah, yeah, no one cared. Everyone was totally down with the German version. I just, I and love that, yeah. My favorite part of listening to the German one is obviously the fact that Captain Kirk is the same in English as it is in German. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like all of this German and then just out of nowhere, like, Captain Kirk, <laughs> like back into German. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. Hey there. 
Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. All right, let's let's tackle these next uh, two as well because I feel like they barely do anything with this Duran Duran song. <laughs> Now I gotta cut loose, foot loose, kick off the Sunday shoes. Please, Louise, pull me off of my knees. Jack, get back, come on before we crack. Loose, your blues, everybody cut foot loose. So why don't you use it? So the in the I, I can't yeah. let me try it. Time don't lose it. I was saying, um, doing a full-on SpongeBob impression there. He's parodying <laughs> their singing style, so it's yes. still parody. Oh right? yeah, oh totally. And this is another one I do like Duran Duran. I don't know if I really know the song The Reflex. Like when I think of Duran Duran, I think of Rio or Hungry Like the Wolf. Another group, or I quicker. yeah. I think this is the only Duran Duran we get from Al and. Like Hall and Oates, in retrospect, he picked an odd choice. What now feels like this was a hit for them, um, but feels like a deep cut now. Like this is just not stood the test of time like Rio or Hungry Like the Wolf or any of those songs. No, yeah. no. Well, um, and you were talking about, James, you were talking about the, the lounge style that he kind of applied to Twisted Sister. This is like tenfold on the footloose. This is just yeah. like, a, this is like a smoky like uh cafe he loves he <laughs> loves to do the like the jazz lounge thing and it's pretty rare that on a single polka he kind of does it twice yeah. he does a version of it for twisted sister which is a little bit more like swung out but then yeah the footloose thing is just straight like like a jazz trio <laughs> version the walking the, well, bass line the, the whole time for the first for half the first half yeah and then was it banjo that comes that in banjo yeah, comes the, back the banjo yes. comes so, back and in, then yeah. it gets it it it, it kind of it's almost like this, like, it almost sounds like banjo techno. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's such a driving beat there. It's great. And it um, really uh, reminds me of um, of um, a bunch of tracks by the band Ween. Oh, yeah. They kind of do that that thing where they combine, like, this driving techno beat sometimes with, with like, crazy country music. Yeah, um, totally. I totally... I would have never thought that, but you're right. That's very... There's a lot of ween element in that, um, which I love. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get the last bit of this done. Let's see. There's 49 seconds. Let's just finish it out. Yeah, let's finish okay, it out. Okay, let's go. Bang your head! Relax, don't do it when you want to talk to it. Relax, 
So I have a question for the two musicians on this call because <laughs> I'm not positive I'm correct on this. Okay. But am I hearing what is the sound of a hammer hitting an anvil on that bang your head? I think head? that's what, if that's not what it exactly is, that's what it's supposed to sound like, like on, on the... Because I'm uh, thinking of the Maxwell Silver Hammer. Yes. Yeah, no, it sounds it. just like Maxwell Silver Hammer, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, for, for mental health. I was going to say, this is the other one where I would love to hear a full version of Al and his band doing <laughs> Bang Your Head by Quiet Riot, because that sounds awesome to me. Yeah, I love the way that they do that with the anvil hits. Um, this was just listening to it now was the first time I really appreciate it, uh, specifically in the transition from from Quiet Riot into Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, John Bermuda Schwartz's drumming so in good. this is unbelievable. There's like a cow, but like a very quick cowbell yeah. fill. And then like the drum fills that are happening underneath are just out of this world. Yeah. In this. <laughs> I mean, we've said it before and we're going to say it again. The musicianship that it takes to do this the way that they do is really really intense like this is not easy to stitch these things together we talked before about the earbook or polka all these little interstitial things he does some of them are so fast to get him to the next song it is an incredible accomplishment for him and the band to make this seem as to make this so s seamless the way yes, it comes no, across it really is it's incredible the, yeah the, the the musicianship is just you know absolute World-class, top level. Absolutely, sure. yeah. 100%. And, I mean, I, I have to say, how can, we have to acknowledge that it is pretty in Al's... You know, it's funny, going into this podcast, I was like, Al has this reputation for being very squeaky clean and just so family-friendly and G-rated. Al ending this polka with repeating oh my the, God. the when you want to come so many times. It's, it's so, it's actually embarrassing. It is. It, just, <laughs> it makes me feel really uncomfortable. And, yeah, and absolutely. I can't get over that he, he leaned into it so hard. And again, it's fine. The, the Frankie Goes to Hollywood song repeats that line. It's totally radio safe and friendly. But him leaning into it the way that he does is just like both uncomfortable and hilarious. Well, there's, some, there's something about the Frankie Goes to Hollywood one that makes you kind of feel like, well, maybe they're, maybe they mean something else. Exactly. Maybe, maybe they mean come <laughs> over. Wait, if you want to come yeah. over. Al, the way Al delivers it is like, there's no other, there's no other way to take this. No. No, he's talking about come. Yeah, out of doubt, this is, there's no getting around it. We have to give credit that I think Al has every single one of these polkas. Uh, you know, we've only talked about two so far, but just knowing the rest of his career, yeah, he is so good at knowing what is the song to close it out on. Yes, <laughs> like he, excellent way to he, end it. Excellent it's way. It's always end the home run. None of the other songs would have worked. It no. is the exact right song. So true to to bring the whole thing to the to a conclusion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just a great, great, great pick. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us, James. You get to join us for the fun ranking portion of it. Uh, mm. Now, Matt, I feel like this is a pretty easy one for me because we only have one other polka to compare it to. Uh, where do you rank this on the Al polkas Com thus far? Compared to polkas on 45, I'm putting this above polkas on 45. I'm doing the exact same. So our, yeah, our I like this one a lot. Matches. This is this is really, really good. This is um, this actually might be my favorite for a little while because this is I, I, agree. I, I just I love the way this one's done I love the song choices even the weird song choices like we were talking about Method of Modern Love and The Reflex which people might not know the originals of anymore honestly even Bang Your Head I feel like is not as like 
it, bang your head has, to, has not had the legacy uh, that we're not going to take it now has. No, no. Everyone was, knows we're not going to we're yeah. not going to take it, but bang your head. It is, was a huge. It was a huge song in its day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. People but, don't remember. it But as well. even the less notable and State of Shock. We said I don't think yeah. anyone in the world has heard State of Shock aside from a Weird Al <laughs> version. But it, they all still come across great. It's really well put together. This is uh, my number one polka as of now. Sweet. I I agree for all those reasons. And then, I mean, I think slightly harder, but still a little easy. Where are we ranking this with his albums thus far as this is the closing track of the album? You know, there was a couple stumbles on his parodies, but for me, I'm popping this to the top right now. You are? Yeah, above above in 3D and the self-titled. I'm keeping it at one for now, but it is a close one. This and in 3D are both really, really great to me. But Matt, where are you ranking this? I have to say... And I would have never thought I was going to do this, but I think I'm going to put in 3D at number one and this at number two. I, right. I, I think that this, I think Dare to be Stupid has higher highs and lower lows and is more, I think it's less consistent than in okay. 3D. I yeah, feel I like now looking at true. the track list, I feel like, because this is also, I mean, we talked about all of this throughout the record. Like this has the girls just want to have lunch that the label forced him to do. It has the George of the Jungle thing, which it seems like the label might have forced him to do. I think there was a lot, and it has I Want a New Duck, which I am i don't like at all. And, and uh, <laughs> He may have been forced to do that Johnny Dangerously, too. It's enti- or just did it for the money. It's, it just, uh, I don't know. just feels I mean, like a did it for the money song. I don't know. Dare to be Stupid is, is top tier Al. Yoda is top tier Al. Like a Surgeon is top tier Al. But I feel like as an overall album, I think I might like the way N3D plays a little bit more. So I'm going to put that at my number one. All right. So we're different on there. All right. Now, James, you get to do some ranking too, though, because we have a running list. Every time we have a guest pick a song, we've been ranking them. So I will tell you where what the list looks like at this time. And you can tell me where Hooked on Polkas go. But we got uh, one more minute is our current number one. Yoda's at number two. Like a surgeon is at three. Girls just want to have lunch is somehow at number four. (laughs) (laughs) Nature Trail to Hell is at five. Eat it at six. Slime Creatures from Outer Space at seven. I Lost on Jeopardy at eight. King of Suede at nine. And at number 10, the never released It's Still Billy Joel to Me live cover that he did. Where do you want to put Hooked on Polkas amongst those 10 songs? I don't know. I don't know. I can't even begin. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the next guest we have could just completely undo whatever you decide anyway. So don't yeah. worry about that. Okay, let's let's put it in there number five. Number five? All right. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I love that. But, uh, see, but I would put I would put Dare to Be Stupid number one. That's well, we didn't like, have a guest on Dare to Be Stupid. That's the only yeah. reason why we yeah. oh, okay. we were selfishly like, no, we want to talk about this. One. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you can also the other thing you can do if you'd like, if you think that there is anything on that list that is dramatically in the wrong spot, you could move it up or down uh, to a better position. It's too hard. These kind of things are too hard for you. People ask, ask me, like, what are your top 10 favorite albums? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just too hard for me. All right. Um, totally fair. Enough. Well, we've got Hooked on Polkas at number five. I always appreciate a guest who doesn't put their song just right at the top of the list. <laughs> and you're, you're the first guest we've had for a polka, which I love. Yeah. So thank you very much for talking about oh, a polka you're, with you're, us. It's a, there's a lot to talk about, but we really we got into it. I love that. Yeah, it was fun. Before we wrap up, where can people go to check out the music you're working in the most recent song that you've got out? I, you know, Spotify is a great 
great spot. I also have a Bandcamp page, although I haven't put my most recent song on Bandcamp. Um, so my most, yeah, uh, my most recent song is called um, The Mummies on the Loose. It's a collaboration between me and this uh, local punk band called Rough Francis. I don't even know how to begin. It's such a crazy journey, this song, um, because I actually wrote the song in 1985 when I was a freshman in college. It's like one of the first things I did in college was I, I uh, met my this friend, Eric Bradford. We sat on a couch together and we wrote this song, The Mummies on the Loose. But we never really recorded it. We did play it live on the radio one time on the college radio station. But then fast forward 30 years and now I've recorded the song. I have my own band, James Kachalka Superstar, but I did not record this song <laughs> with my band. I recorded it with this band called Rough Francis. Rough Francis is a punk band from Vermont. Um, the most uh, famous thing about Rough Francis is that they had a song on the, um, on the Tony Hawk uh, soundtrack. The other really cool thing about Rough Francis, other than that they're just fantastic, great guys, is their their dads were in the the proto punk band Death, which oh wow you might know oh, from the big yes. documentary, a band called Death. I do know yeah. that. Yeah, that's an awesome legacy. And then uh, we got guest backup vocals by Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh it's, my god, that's insane. It is absolutely insane. Wow, so congrats. It's, That's it's huge. A, it's, a, it's a song that I wrote in 1985 with guest vocals from my favorite singer from 1985. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That's so yeah. cool. With, yeah. And my backup band is the Sons of... Of Death. Basically the first punk band ever. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, it is just, an, and it's an incredible, incredible song. And we had, um, so we recorded it uh, at Rough Francis's own recording studio here in Burlington, Vermont. A little like, it's kind of like a warehousey kind of artist loft called The Box, um, where we recorded it. But we had it um, mixed, and really what he did was far beyond mixing, um, mixed by... Um, uh, Peter Cadis, uh, who's a Grammy-winning record producer, uh, who worked on uh, The National and Interpol and nice, wow, a bunch of big bands like that. So, it's a great song. We made a music video too. You can uh, find on YouTube. Anyhow, it's pretty easy to search for "The Mummies on the Loose." If you search for that online, you should find it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, James, for joining us. Uh, Weird Al fans, we will not be diving right into Polka Party because there are two step stops along the way uh, that include another Al TV and the home video release of The Complete Al, the VHS tape that he released to promote the Dare to Be Stupid album. So we're going to be covering both of those in the coming weeks before we get into Polka Party. But James, thank you so much for joining us for Hooked on Polkas. Go check out James's new song, and we'll be back next week with more Weird Algorithm. Thank you, James. All right. Thank you. Thank it was you. great. Great fun. Sing your songs. Hey there. 
Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 